Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless. Today happens to be International Women's Day, and I'm sure all over your Instagram feed, all over the news, we're seeing the celebration of women globally. Um, International Women's Day is always celebrated on March 8th, you know, to celebrate what women have achieved over the years, culturally, politically, um, and economic achievements. And I think the focus in this movement is just bringing attention to such issues of gender equality, reproductive rights, and the violence and abuse against women. And so today I kind of want to discuss that, of seeing how the world celebrates women, and is that something as godly women we want to celebrate? And of course, there are so many women to celebrate. I often think of the women I've met around the world with Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And I remember a couple years ago celebrating International Women's Day, I was watching the Today Show. And they had incredible stories, stories of success for women. They had women from NASA. They had firefighters from New York City. And of course, it was a wonderful celebration. But I left kind of watching that special feeling a little bit empty, almost that I have not succeeded according to the world. And maybe you're listening to me like, sure enough, Sissy, you haven't succeeded. You know, to everybody's own story and personal story, we kind of measure ourselves to how the world standards are. So today I want to ask you, what kind of woman do you want to be? And how does the world define women? And how does God define a woman. And you're going to have to make a choice. You know, it's funny, you look back, there are these visions that I have that have always, that will forever be in my memory. Some are celebrities when they get up and they accept these awards of, um, for movies and stuff. And they said they wouldn't be there if um, today, if it hadn't been for the abortion that they had, or they're get up and they're fighting for reproductive rights, and they're like screaming into the mic, and they're, they're angry, and they're fighting, you know, for their abortion rights. And I look, and I'm just like, the world defines that maybe as strength and as beauty. I look at it as this angry, nasty woman. And the funny thing is, that word being a nasty woman People have taken pride in that over the last couple of years. So I want to draw back the attention of what does God define as a godly woman? And let's look at Scripture. We each have our own different stories. We have our own struggles, um, our own stories of success, our own stories of disappointments. So I don't want to categorize anybody, but overall, we have been blessed as women into this nation of freedom that we can raise our children with the beautiful freedoms that we have to raise them in Christian homes or any other faith that we have chosen. We have health care at our fingertips. I can go down the road and there's a drugstore with all kinds of medicines for my children. And with the world that we are in right now, with some women leaving their homes, crossing borders into Poland from Ukraine and leaving with whatever they have on their backs and with their children and hiding, just how thankful I am for the simple, simple blessings. You know, since I've had my children, 
I can honestly say almost every night that I've put my child to bed, and my children know this because now they say it in their prayers, I have thanked God for a peaceful home with a roof over their head and a safe bed to put my kids in. Because I've met moms that don't have that. We've all seen it on TV just in the recent weeks um, and how precious that is. Um, I had some friends over for dinner the other night, and we were just having a great dinner party and cooking out, and the kids are playing and being wild and crazy. And we are just sitting around kind of our kitchen island, and it just turned into this sweet worship moment. We were putting on worship music, and my friend has a beautiful voice. I do not have a beautiful voice. So I might have been like mouthing the words, but getting into the moment with my friend with a voice of an angel, we were singing the goodness of God. Things went still in my home. It was almost like a scene from a movie for me. It was the Holy Spirit filled it. And I looked over and I looked at my children sitting on the couch all playing together while my friend is singing the goodness of God. And God is so good. And we as American parents, as American women, have so much to be thankful for that I think we can get caught up in the definition of um, what feminists might define of the achievements of women. Because like I said earlier, I think of the women I've met around the world. I think of the women in the Sudan that I've met that literally had to hive in the clefts of rocks with their children buried underneath them while bombs went over their head. I think of this woman, I've shared this story often, that I met in Liberia. She was the first Christian in her community. And when she became a Christian, people mocked her. They would spit on her. They made fun of her. But she stayed faithful, stayed faithful to God and growing in the Lord. And eventually, Samaritan's Purse came to this community, and we helped with um, a livelihood project and helping them create a resource for their community of food and income. And so many came to know the Lord through that. And it was beautiful because then she became kind of like the grandmother of the community that people honored and loved, and her face is forever ingrained in my memory of this beautiful soul that stayed faithful even in the persecution of her community. I'll never see her again on this side of heaven, but I look forward to the day that I can meet her again and we can be praising a holy God together. When I think of other women I've met in Africa before, there was this one day I got to spend this whole day with these women in this community. And from morning till night, and it was a long day, I journeyed through going to get water with them, helping them cook. They even gave me a basket one time. I said, what do I do with the basket? And I had to find crickets on this long hike as we hiked to go harvest beans. And on the way back, we brought the firewood. And then that night after they spent cooking their dinner, we had to go to school because then they were in some of our classes and teaching them to learn to read and to write as they had their children on their back. And what these women have accomplished— I think of the women I've met in the hospitals with their children um, in war-torn countries that have traveled so far to bring their children to receive medical care. I think of the women in my own life, a woman um, my daughter's named after, her name's Mark, had a hard life, a difficult life where her husband uh, didn't just leave her once, twice, but a few times. But God took her over to Thailand, and she's been there for over 20 years serving um, children and working in a children's home. 
I think of my mother, just a godly woman who's always pointed me to God's scripture. And of course, my grandmother. So I think of these godly women that I've met from different cultures, um, different backgrounds, some moms, some are not moms, some married, some not married, but godly women. So I ask you the question, what kind of woman do you want to be? Do you want to be the woman of how America or the Western world defines success in a woman or how God defines it? Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. And we could look at it as her house as your physical house, your physical home with your family. We could also look at it as our house as his temple. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Are we going to be women who build up our home? We're going to strengthen our home. That we are going to be godly women who raise up the next generation who fear God. Because the world is in chaotic times. It is spinning so odd. Every time we wake up and we turn on the news, we can't believe what's happening. And here on Fearless, I've always encouraged you, I want you to stand up in strength. I want you to stand up and fear the Lord. And what does that mean? It means that you're going to take God seriously, that you're going to take His Word seriously, that we're going to study it. We are going to know it so that when the time comes, we can stand in strength, that we don't waver. We're not fearful because we know God has called us for this time, for this moment, to raise our children for this moment. We don't have to fear that. No matter what the news is saying, no matter what story we've read on Instagram, we stand knowing that God has prepared us for this moment to be strong women. But according to Scripture, we know it's going to get more difficult as we're living in the end times. And I'm not saying these days right now. I know that's a lot of debate, but I believe we've been in the end times since Jesus rose and conquered the grave and that till that moment he comes back. We For the last 2,000 years, we've been in the end times. But as Jesus draws close, we have to be ready for it. We have to be keeping our eyes on him as he returns. Because it's going to be hell on earth, according to Scripture. It's going to be wild. We can't even fathom what's to come as he draws closer and closer. But women have played a pivotal role all through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. that We play a pivotal role in history. We're going to play a pivotal role in this nation. But even in our home, it starts there. And we can see how all that started shifting back in the 1960s with the feminist movement, that I believe women have not been true to what God has called us to be and who God has ordained us to be that we continue to let the world define it and not go off God's definition. And we've talked about that on different episodes with different subjects, that we continue to allow the world to define it, not look at how God has defined it. So today, let's look at some of those characteristics. Let's be women who know what God's Word says, that we don't grow relaxed against Satan and his deception, because we can look at the lie that the serpent told Eve— to eat from this tree, that she would have the wisdom of God, that God was holding out on her, and that she believed that lie. But I want to look at the characteristics of a godly woman, of the truth who God has called us to be. And of course, 
there's so many characteristics that Scripture lists. The first one is, a godly woman fears the Lord. Proverbs 31 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. As we're scrolling on Instagram and we're just constantly seeing how the world defines beauty or how it appeals to other people, a godly woman focuses on God first. Another characteristic is that a godly woman speaks and behaves wisely. Proverbs 31. We're obviously going to say Proverbs 31 a lot, and I'm going to focus on Proverbs 31 even more later. So a lot of these verses will come from Proverbs 31. But it says, She speaks and behaves wisely. The scripture says that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. How often we think that we can just say whatever we want, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram, we think we're freely just to quickly act in our feelings and our behavior, that how quickly the world is to tear people down, but that she speaks wisely. She behaves wisely. Another characteristic is that she keeps an inner beauty. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, But let her adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Another characteristic is that she's faithful to support other believers. Think of the story of Ruth and how Ruth went with her mother-in-law. She sacrificed so much to serve her mother-in-law, to go to a foreign country and a foreign culture. And in Ruth 1, um, it says, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also if anything but death parts me from you. We live in a selfish world that it's me, 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 me. I'm guilty of that. We, I think we are all guilty of putting ourselves first. But as a godly woman, we're to serve others or to put others before us. And I look at that um, example of Ruth, that she was so faithful in supporting her mother-in-law and in serving her mother-in-law. And another characteristic is she tells others what Jesus has done for her. And John 4.39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. The Samaritan woman was among the first missionaries for Jesus. She was eager to tell others about what he had done and about the Messiah. Evangelism, of course, has been on my heart lately. It's what my grandfather did. It's what my dad has done. But I look in our day-to-day lives— Are we eager to share the hope of Jesus we have with our neighbor, with those that we work with, that those we go to school with? A story I never heard that my sister-in-law was telling me, and it was one that my Aunt Anne, and I believe it was from her new book that she wrote with her daughter, Rachel Ruth. And she's talking about her in-laws, that they were always eager to tell people about Jesus. That one time they were on a road trip— and they got kind of diverted for eight hours because they picked up a hitchhiker and took that person and they were evangelizing all the way and took that person where they needed to go. And I just kind of struck me 
that we don't do that. We're not eager to share the hope. Maybe if the opportunity comes up here, but we're not, it's not pouring out of us. And it should be in this world that is hurting, this world that's tearing each other apart. We should be hopeful. The hope of Jesus should be pouring out of our mouths. And I just don't see that very often. But a godly woman is telling others what Jesus has done for her. And we could go on for characteristics. We could go through Proverbs 31. And sometimes, let me just be honest, I look at Proverbs 31, and it can almost be a little discouraging of how can, um, how can we live up to all those that are listed, her priorities, her activities, her character. And we, of course, as women, we can't check off all those like a checklist, but we should be striving it shouldn't create despair in us, this list of in Proverbs 31 of a, what a virtuous woman should be like. We shouldn't read this and be discouraged. It should encourage us to strive to be that kind of woman with the highest of standards, to strive to be with excellence, the description that God gives us. So I want to ask you again, what kind of woman are you going to be? You know, from Genesis to Revelation, there's wonderful examples. I think of Sarah, who trusted God, who obeyed her husband. She was courageous. Even in 1 Peter 3, it uses her as an example that Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord to do good. And she was not afraid with any terror. That we, in the days that we are facing, are not to be afraid. We are to be a courageous. We are to trust him, even when it seems impossible. I look at Abigail. In 1 Samuel, says she was a woman of good understanding, of beautiful appearance. And here she was. She had a husband that was harsh and evil in his doing, according to Scripture. But she was wise, and she had a godly heart. And God used her in such an effective way. She was gracious with her words when she she met David on the road. And, you know, she didn't throw her husband under the bus, but that she was very careful with the words that she selected and how God used her in a mighty way. Are we careful with our words, or are we a society and a culture that are so quick to act with our words? I was just at Costco the other day. Boy, I will be honest, it seemed like everybody was so angry. Horns were beeping, and people were throwing up their hands, and they'll say comments in the aisle. And I finally looked at this woman, and I said, you're not very happy, are you? Because <laughs> she was just not friendly. It's just people are so easily angered. Um, maybe that wasn't the right thing I should have said, but just reminding that life's too short. Are we careful with the words that we say with people, especially when it might be a sensitive moment with a friend or a family member or even a stranger in Costco? Are we careful? Are we effective and gracious with our words? I think of the Queen of Sheba. She was so inquisitive. She wanted to know more about um God, the God of Solomon, the wisdom of it, and that she asked questions. And I think that's an important time, we as women, that we need to be asking questions about our faith. Questions are not bad, are we, but are we eager to seek the answers and the truth? And so I want us to be women who are inquisitive, ask those questions, sharpen our minds, sharpen our hearts, that we may know Scripture more and the wisdom of God more. 
And I think right now in the times that we're living in, the most quoted Bible verse I've seen for such a time as this, I'm sure you've all have seen it, um, but regarding Queen Esther, she was a courageous queen. But it is true. God has called you for such a time as this. He's called you, your husband, your family, your children, wherever you are in life, He has called you there for this moment. But we as people are always to point people to Him, our hope in Him. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you doing that for where He has called you? And then, of course, one of my favorite women in Scripture, I talk about her often, but is Mary, the mother of Jesus in a difficult time in her life. Some of you might be finding yourselves in a difficult time. When you think of the news that that angel brought to Mary, what she would face for the rest of her life, the mocking, the ridicule. Oh, I bet Mary, sure, she's telling the truth about being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The people probably mocked her until Jesus turned that um, that first miracle where he turned the water into wine at the wedding. And then maybe they were like, hmm, maybe she was all this time telling the truth. But the difficult life she would have to watch her son be brutally tortured before the world and gave up his life for you and for me. But when that angel came to her that night, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. Oh, my goodness. You think how scared she was. But there was a peace in her. And in these difficult times, do you have that peace in you that you are the Lord's servant? He has you where you are. Do you submit to him in that moment and trust in him in this moment where you are? We have seen from Genesis to Revelation, women play a pivotal role in history, and they will continue to. And the influence of a godly woman is unmistakable. I think of the women in my life. I think of the women in my father's life when he talks about his mother and his grandmother. Timothy in Scripture gives his mother and his grandmother the credit for raising him in a godly, God-fearing way. Wherever God has called you, I encourage you to stand for truth. You stand in grace. You stand unafraid and unashamed of the gospel for these days because it is going to get hard. It's going to get harder. But as godly women, we can stand and strength. And I encourage you, you're going to have to make a choice. What kind of woman do you want to be on this International Women's Day? Are you going to be a woman that is defined by the world and the success of the world? Or are you going to be defined the way that God has called us to be? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Fearless. Today on International Women's Day, I encourage you, Open up God's Word. Start with Proverbs 31. But don't get discouraged of thinking you will never make the cut and check off all those characteristics that are listed as a virtuous woman. But pray to God. Ask Him to show you what kind of woman He's calling you to be for this moment. I encourage you to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to get caught up on other episodes you might have missed a fearless, check out my website, sissygramlynch.com, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. <laughs>